What's up, podcasters? Welcome back to Pod Central. I'm your host, Coach Chris. Today, we're doing a special episode about community. This is a big deal. Come be honest with y'all. This is selfish because I, I myself want to get better at community. I'm really good at being active in communities. Like I can help your Facebook group blow up. Like I'm good at that. But I want to learn how as a podcaster, I can build my community more effectively. So we got a very special guest. And when I say special guest, I'm like serious. This is Larry Roberts. This is one of the community experts in the podcasting space. And I've seen Larry at all kind of events. He's on stage everywhere. He's hosting panels. This guy is everywhere. So I'm super excited to have Larry. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate the opportunity. This was great. When I saw you put that call out for people to come on the show, I'm like, pick me. I'd love to go on there and talk to you. Yeah, I think it's certain topics that just overlooked in the space, which matters. And community is one of them. To get started, because I like to, in the first five minutes, give people reason to continue to listen. Sure. What is the number one reason why podcasters should focus on building their community? Podcasting is one of those things where we need to have support. Very difficult to do on your own. Very difficult to know how to grow, how to extend your reach, how to get people to listen, how to do it properly. So often we hear people start a podcast and they fade out over the course of five to seven episodes or so. It depends on who you ask, but it's real common for people to get into pod fade. And it's because we don't really know how to do it. Starting a podcast is easy. Grab a microphone, grab a recording device, whether it's your phone or your computer or whatever it is. We're on Zoom right here right now and start talking and you have yourself a podcast. And that's great. But now what do you do with it? So if you have a community, you have resources that you can go to help you find exactly what you do with it after you've recorded it. Meaning, how do you leverage it? How do you grow it? How do you engage with an audience? How do you build your own community around your own message? How do you get those sponsors? How do you monetize the show other ways? How do you take that and leverage the podcast to open up other business opportunities for you or social opportunities for you? And all those types of questions can be answered within the community. And there's so many different nooks and crannies and niches in the podcasting space oh, that one person's not going to be able to answer that for you. But having a community of like-minded creators, each that typically have their own focus or their own specialty, can provide you with at least one answer to whatever question it is you may have. But the odds are, if you're in a community, you're going to get a variety of different answers. And that gives you different perspectives to pick and choose from that can help you achieve your individual goals. I love that. I love the explanation of it. It's about building something kind of outside of yourself, like bigger than you. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of people trying to do it solo and it just, it's not something that you can do. I would argue you can do YouTube solo, but it's hard to do podcasting solo. It's really hard. Podcasting is so different than YouTube. Exactly. And I, I didn't mean yeah. to talk over you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's normal. I think that's that, that means I think that's a good sign that the conversation is flowing, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's something that's not happening on YouTube because most people on YouTube are solo. They're doing reactions or product reviews or whatever it is. So it's easy to do YouTube alone and maybe hire an editor at the most. But with podcasting, it's just so much more. And I think the possibilities for us when we have communities expand. It really takes off. I've been doing roundtable episodes and it's mind blowing because every time I have a roundtable, 
all the guests connect with each other and work together in some capacity. It is crazy. I didn't expect it to be that easy. I was planning a whole bunch of fancy stuff to get them to work together like that. And at the end of every episode, they're like, oh, let me get your contact information. So it's just continually growing. So what do you think is something that stops podcasters from focusing on building their community? I think some of it may be ego and it may actually end up being the opposite of ego. It could be fear. So I know when I first started podcasting back in 2014 and I launched my first show, my ego got in the way of what I was doing because I'd heard about these podcast conferences. I'd heard about podcast movement because podcast movement was based out of Dallas. They started in Dallas. I'm from Dallas. And I remember hearing about this conference kicking off and I'm like, Psh, I need some stupid conference to tell me how to podcast. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I got my snowball Yeti sitting here. I cupping it in my hand. Oh, talking God, into it. No. I got all my stuff together here. I know what I'm doing. I think from that perspective, ego definitely got in the way. I don't need any help. I don't need any community. But as I continue to fail to grow, I started realizing, wow, maybe community is something that I need. And from that perspective, I started leveraging not necessarily a podcast community because my first com my first podcast was a comedy podcast. I started leveraging the Dallas-Fort Worth open mic community and the up-and-coming comics community. I didn't necessarily look at it that way as being uh, leveraging the community, but that's exactly what it was. And myself and my co-host, we got traction with that show because of the comedy community here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So that was a bit of a lesson learned right there. And then as I broke out of that show, for reasons that I still regret, I had to drop the show because I worked in corporate America and they didn't like the content. So they pulled me into HR. We had a little come to Jesus and I had to walk away. So I had to change gears a little bit. But now I changed gears to a clean show that was just a random show. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea where to find a community for a show. I titled the show Readily Random, which is the worst name you can name a podcast <laughs> because it, it tells you nothing. It doesn't tell anybody what they're listening to. It doesn't tell anybody, you know, what community you're talking to. It gives you no direction whatsoever. Just a really bad move on my part. But I started realizing, man, this is a more of a struggle than I thought. And that's when I started, I think the first conference that I ever went to was podcast movement. I think it was in 19, 18 or 19 was my first podcast movement. And I went to there and it just started opening up doors because I started meeting other like-minded creators, other people that were looking to grow their shows, other people that were looking to turn their show into a business. And as I got involved in podcast movement, I started going to other conferences. My first pod fest was in 2020. Went there, met Chris Kremitzos, who's the founder of PodFest. Community evolved from there. Chris is a hell of a connector himself. And I got very involved in that community. And now it's grown to where I'm at today with PodFest and editing the newsletter for PodFest. And I'm the editor-in-chief there and being involved in all the PodFest activities and planning and all that fun stuff. So that real condensed storyline of my progression through a variety of different communities to get to where I'm at today demonstrates that while I had the comedy community here, and then I had a lull of no community and just being readily random, and then I found <laughs> another community, that's when I started seeing that growth again. So just that timeline since 2014 up to where we're at today demonstrates the power of community. Yeah, I think the event space, that's something I want to talk about in terms of the podcast community specifically. I think that's something that a lot of podcasters should leverage more than they do. Because in other spaces, like with YouTube, there are not a ton of YouTube events. 
that are happening all the time where you can just go and say, oh, there's a YouTube conference over here and I'm going to learn how to do YouTube. Like we rarely hear about that kind of stuff or with blogging yeah. and stuff. And most blogs, most blogs are by companies or businesses or whatever. So it's not really seen as a creator space, even though there are creators that blog, it's not built that way. The unique thing about the podcast community is you can go to other creators who some would say are competition and learn and see what they're doing to be successful. That is one of the best things about the podcast events is you can go there and see what everybody else is doing to win and then start implementing that into your daily or weekly workflow. And that's how you get better. And when I think of other creator spaces, you can't do that. I rarely see YouTubers even talk about what they're making from Google AdSense. They never talk about their sponsorships or anything. They don't talk about any of it. But in podcasting, no. you can readily see podcasters talk about their sponsorship deals, the company it was with, all of that stuff. So there's a big contrast between all the other creator spaces and podcasting. It's very different for us. Yeah, it's a massively giving community. Just like you're saying, I have never come across a podcaster that's not willing to share each and every aspect of their workflow. I mean, everything. <laughs> They'll talk about equipment all day. They'll talk about their workflows all day. They'll talk about their editing all day. They'll talk about every aspect of the show. Now, some podcasters get a little tentative when we start talking about numbers, talking about those analytics, talking about those downloads. Yeah. But that's just because they don't want to feel bad about themselves. See, that goes back to what I was saying before. It's either ego or fear that prevents us from building that community. And we're all afraid that if I tell you my download numbers, you're not going to look at me the same because you may go, oh, wow, I crushed your numbers. So yeah. from that perspective, there's a little hesitancy to share a lot of times. So you really get to know somebody. But aside from just knowing their analytics, everything else they do, whether it's scheduling guests, whether it, it any aspect of it, doesn't matter. It's one of the most giving communities and supportive communities I've ever been involved in. So speaking of that, like the positive side of it, I'll say there are some negatives too. And I want to get your opinion on this. Ooh. I think some of the Facebook groups are poisonous to podcasters because some of the Facebook groups that are set up for podcasters are nothing but spam. And podcasters believe, oh, well, I have a show. Let me go to the podcasting group and promote my show to 20,000 other podcasters, and I'm going to get thousands of downloads. And yeah. they're like shell-shocked when you tell them, hey, these are other podcasters. They don't care about your content. So I think that some of the groups there sell a false dream to the host. They think, I can join this space, and I'm going to grow quick. It's just, it, that's not how it works. There's a couple of different perspectives there, too. A, you're spot on. That's not going to work. Other podcasters are in that group to learn about workflows and processes, not necessarily learn about your show. Because they're trying to grow their show. They're not necessarily there to support you in a way to give you additional downloads. But you also have to understand from the other perspective is that the podcasters that are posting their shows don't necessarily understand the value of community or how to grow a show. Just because you have a podcast, I probably don't care about whatever topic you're talking about. There's only a few things that I'm going to listen to a podcast about. Most of it's comedy. You got a comedy podcast, I might give it personally. This is just me talking. This is it for the industry as a whole. I might yeah. listen to your podcast. But aside from that, I don't consume a lot of content. I create a lot of content, but I create it for a specific audience. And I'm going down that path to tell you that right now because each and every creator out there is creating for or they need to be creating for a specific audience. Yes. And that's where you need to target your listeners. And your audience isn't necessarily this 20,000 other podcasters. Odds are they, again, don't care about your show because you're not creating it for them. 
You're creating it for a particular niche or a particular industry or a particular content consumer. And that's who you have to be targeting. And I think that just comes from a lack of understanding on the creator's part that is trying to spam those yeah. groups. And like you said, too, the Facebook groups, some of them may have an ulterior motive in that they're trying to just grow the numbers for sponsorship or exposure yeah. or audience or whatever it may be. I will tell you, I will tell you from experience and me marketing Pod Central and looking for groups to, because if it's a good Facebook group, there are some good Facebook groups for podcasters. I want to say oh, that yeah. be very clear. Yeah, But I've run into something that you're talking about that have a massive number of podcasters in the group, but the engagement is terrible, it's just spam, and those are the ones who are like pitching me like, hey, if you pay X amount of dollars, you can promote in our group. Yeah, And I yeah. think, while I do think promoting in Facebook groups is a good idea, I don't believe that paid promotion for groups where it's just spam is a good idea. So I think for podcasters, what you got to think about, if you're going to use Facebook groups, is I always say find five groups that are aligned with your ideal listeners. So yeah. it's okay to be a part of some of the podcast groups, but find five groups that you can engage in where your type of people are. So if you're into fitness, go to that space. If you're into sports, go to that space. And being active in those communities will grow your podcast 10 times faster than being active in the podcast Facebook groups. It just, you're going to get better results because that's where your listeners are. Exactly. One thing I got to ask you, because you're the community expert here in 2023, <laughs> do you think it's a good idea for a podcaster to start their own Facebook group to support their show? Only if they're committed to running the Facebook group. Yeah. yeah a lot of people will tell you, yeah, you need a Facebook group. And while they can be very valuable tools, you have to be engaged with them for them to grow. I'm not a big supporter of starting anything if you're not able to be there as often as you need to be to support it and to nurture it and to grow it, whether it's a Facebook group or whether it's another social media platform altogether. If you can't be involved and you can't engage and you can't get back to your audience that's taking the time to post in your Facebook group and you can't create that sense of community, then no, I wouldn't put it out there. Because what you're ending up doing more so than anything is you're leaving a negative mark out there. Because if you create this Facebook group, you're not there to grow it. You're not there to nurture it. You're not there to engage with your community. They're going to post in your Facebook group and they're going to feel ignored. And the last thing we want our community to do is feel ignored. So I think they're very valuable tools. I know that the algorithm right now is supporting them pretty heavily again right now. Here we are in, what, second quarter of 23. But again, it doesn't matter from an algorithmic perspective or anything. If you're not there to engage with that audience, don't create the Facebook group. I, I agree. I agree. And I think that's part of what has stopped me from creating a Facebook group because I like the idea of it. I like the idea of having a group and being able to go into the community and share stuff, go live once, twice a week. I have so many resources and so much information to share. I want to do it in the community, right? Yeah. And another thing for me is, and this is a personal thing. I know this is a me thing. I say this is a me thing. It's a me problem. I know a lot of people can't relate to this, but I also get annoyed when I see the groups or I see the podcast coaches out there that I know don't have the experience, the credibility, the strategies to get other people results, and they're charging them for it. I don't like seeing podcasters get scammed that way. 
That yeah. is frustrating to me. So that's what makes me think, should I have another Facebook group? Just because I see so many bad ones, we need something good. Yeah, 100%. And as it sits right now, you can learn how to podcast and you can learn how to podcast effectively without paying a dime. Now, I say that, but you're going to need to do a little bit of homework. You're going to have to do your research. That's how I learned to podcast is I went all over YouTube. I bought books. I read articles online and I piece parted it all together to finally create a show. But even then, if we think back to what I just said 10, 15 minutes ago, I still didn't really know what the heck I was doing. So it goes back to, yes, you can learn how to create a podcast and even learn how to podcast for free now. There's a ton of resources out there. But the thing is, you have to go out and find those resources. You have to invest the time and the energy to read those blogs and get in those Facebook groups and get those questions answered. And you may find that if you go onto some of these Facebook groups and you ask a question, you might end up getting flamed a little bit because odds are if you're a new podcaster there, that question's already been asked a hundred times. So yeah. that goes back to where you have to do your homework a little bit and do a little search, do a little digging for the answers that you're looking for before you start asking those questions. Do, but do yeah, not I, ask I, about microphones. Don't go in there and say, ask about microphones, <laughs> but do not ask what's the cheapest microphone. That is one question that I know they're going to get you for that. Yeah, don't they, they're definitely going to come at you. They're, everybody, People that don't even comment are going to comment on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I don't like seeing the fakers. And I see those ads as well. Facebook feeds me podcast ads all the time. They, I guess they think my show sucks. I don't know. But no, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> but it is upsetting and off-putting to see those ads that are going out there knowing that Whoever this is, whoever this new fly-by-night podcast coach is, that they're going to be given information that they've either scalped from someplace else or that's just flat out wrong. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. So I think I do agree that podcasters should be a part of podcast communities, go to the events, but I also think you should build your own community. So what are some of the principles that you follow when you're building your communities? Cause th again, this is something you're really good at. I got to give you credit for that, man. You're really <laughs> consistent. You pop up everywhere all the time. If, sometimes I'll be thinking, I haven't seen Larry on my feet in a while. And then boom, you'll pop up out of nowhere. It's crazy. <laughs> I <laughs> feel it, man. I'm like, oh, Chris is looking for me. I better hit him up. <laughs> and, not, and also with the branding of the red hat, it's so consistent. Like I think, very few people get how important that little stuff is. Dude. That's such a big deal, man. It's such a big deal. And you hit it right there, the consistency. Regardless of what approach you take, that's the key factor in all of it. That's the key factor in growing your podcast. That's the key factor in growing your audience. That's the key factor in growing your community. That's the key factor in growing your brand. It's that consistency. And that's one of the things that I do. You mentioned that you see me all the time. Then it looks like I'm everywhere. It's because I leverage the tools that I'm on. And here I am. I'm probably going to age myself a little bit, but I'm more of a Facebook guy than anything. Okay, I live mostly on <laughs> Facebook. I got my IG. I get over there every once in a while, but man, I just, I have never been in love with IG and LinkedIn. It's just really not my vibe over there. It should be. I know I could get a lot of clients on LinkedIn if I just focused on it, but for whatever reason, man, Facebook is just my jam. Maybe it's because I'm 50. I don't know. But if you get on there, just, Post consistently. Post what you're doing consistently. One of the things I went to, I spoke at the eWomen's Network just this past weekend, and we were talking about podcasting. And one of the things that I do is if I'm going to an event or I'm going to be somewhere at an event, I leverage my Facebook cover photo as a billboard. 
So mm. that changes. Every time I have a new speaking engagement, I change it out to promote that engagement. And if I have multiples, they change as we get closer. I do one, move it on to the next one. I literally just, I spoke Friday at that event, came home, switched out the banner for my next speaking engagement, which is this Friday with, with Entrepreneur Organization. After this Friday, that's coming down. I'm going to put up Outlier Podcast Festival because that's my next one in LA, yeah, May 18th. And then once I get home from there, the next one will go up. It's being consistent and always building yourself. You have to build yourself up. Nobody's going to build you up. Nobody's going to build your community up more so than you are. Gary V had a reel the other day that really resonated with me because somebody asked him, they said, how can I get my employees to work as hard with the business as I do? And he's, dude, they're not going to. Ever. <laughs> it's not your business. They don't care nearly as much as you do. And it's the same thing about building your podcast community and your podcast brand. No one cares about your podcast as much as you do. So you're the one that has to get out there and lay that foundation and consistently show up each and every time to promote that foundation. Now, once you do, that's just step one. But now when you show up, you have to bring value. You have to bring something to the table that people are going to go, oh, wow, that really resonates with me. That me, I can walk away with something here and apply it to what I'm doing, and it's going to help me. So that's absolutely critical. I don't ever go on a stage or on a virtual event or even hopefully on a podcast and not provide something actionable that people can take away and apply to their show or their process or whatever it may be that I'm talking about. So that's the big, that, that's the two big ones. Promote the crap out of yourself, stay consistent with it and always provide value. People in a community are in a community for one thing. They're typically there because they like the other people that are there and they're looking for support. So it's up to us to provide that support if we're looking to nurture and grow that community. So yeah. those are the two biggies, man. Be consistent and always provide value. Yeah, and that's the funny part with me. I know I can't provide value. I can say the consistency thing was always a problem because I just didn't believe I was a good community person. Like for a long time, I just didn't believe I was like, I'm just bad at this. And yeah. one day I stopped and asked myself, are you really bad at this? Or you just tell yourself you're bad at this. And I realized I'm actually really good at it because I have had so many people come to me and ask me like to be a part of their communities and to help them grow. And I realized I'm a great community member. Like mm -hmm. I can show up, ask questions and really engaging questions. I use my interview strategy in communities and people love it. Like, it's crazy that it has worked like that for me for so long. But one thing I got to be honest about now, if I were to start another like community or Facebook group or whatever it is now, a big part of the intention would be profitability. I got to be honest. I have to sure. be honest and say having a <laughs> podcast software tool that I know could serve podcast hosts and agencies alike and even networks. I can't sit here and say that wouldn't be a part of my mission is, yes, I want everybody in here to be a user on the platform. Sure. I could be honest and say that. I, and I, for me, the intention and the transparency is what's been helping me on this journey of building and becoming a better version of me is like being more honest with myself about stuff. Because if I just say, I'm going to start a community because I want to help podcasters. Yeah, that's part of it. But the other part is <laughs> I want to get paid too. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I got to be Little real. Bad. I got to <laughs> eat. I mean, that's all there is to it. I got to eat, right? So we yeah. all do. And I think that's so hard for us to understand. Excuse me, getting all choked up. Sorry about that. But I think that's the thing that we have to understand is that while we definitely want to provide value, 
for those of us that are full-time podcasters and podrepreneurs, if that's even a word, where we leverage our podcast and our entrepreneurship, we have to make money too. But I think as long as we lead, I don't think I, I'm going to retract that and say, I know as long as we lead with value, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. As long as we're genuinely concerned about supporting our community and uplifting others, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And with that transparency, with that continued support, and with that honesty and upfront approach, people are going to want to support us. People don't have a problem paying for services if it's something that they believe in and they know that the other end of that mm -hmm. believes in them as well. Yes, I love that. I love that part about the belief because I think that's what holds a lot of people back from selling or even podcasters believing that they could be profitable. Like it's me. I watch a lot of YouTubers on YouTube live stream. They yeah. never feel ashamed for asking for super chats or donations or cash app. And I know a lot of podcasters who were like, I would never ask for a donation. It's like, why not? Like you deserve it. If you make amazing content and you lead with the value, you should want the revenue i don't think that's a bad thing at all you deserve it dude i had a hard time even asking for subscribers please <laughs> if you don't mind for real just subscribe maybe subscribe if it's not too much trouble please dude it's the worst because i feel bad asking for things or i did i don't necessarily feel so bad now but especially starting out i felt yeah. i felt stupid asking for people to subscribe to the show but we have to ask for that in return if we're going to grow you know, the community is looking for guidance. That's another reason people are in community because they're looking for a direction. And if you provide that direction, they're going to take action. But it's up to us as the creators to give them that direction and leverage that call to action to get them to do just that. Take that action to either contribute to the show, join your Patreon or subscribe to your show or whatever that call to action may be. But we have to have the comfort level to ask for it. And I was trying to change my words up because I was going to say something maybe inappropriate for the show, but because <laughs> I, I get fired up and maybe some cuss words come out every once in a while, but that's all you have to do, but we have to do it in a way that's convincing as well. We can't do that whole bashful subscribe. We can't do that. We have to, we have to a know that we're create providing value. We have to b know that we're providing community and then C be able to have the confidence in the fact that we're doing that in a well, in a way that deserves to, to get support. So that that's that that's confidence on both sides of the coin there. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go back to the community strategy just because I have so much and like for me, I actually like the part of going live. Going live yeah. is something I actually like to do. I, I love the being live and then people pop up and ask questions and I can answer it right there. It's like speaking on stage at an event doing QA. I love 100%. that. That is genuinely one of my most favorite things to do in life. And that's one of the main reasons why I want community selfishly is because I know you have all of these questions and instead of sending a long email or having to buy a whole course for it, some of the stuff I can answer on the spot right there and help you within five minutes. So like having a community, I think is really good to translate some of your knowledge and expertise out into the world a lot faster. So before we go, I got a couple, I got a couple quick questions okay. for you on this community thing. A couple rapid fire ones. Okay. What is the best platform to build a community on? Wherever you feel comfortable and wherever your community is. Different platforms are designed for different types of audiences. So you need to figure out where your audience lives and then leverage that platform to grow your community. Even me sitting here right now, Facebook probably not the best place for me to grow my community. I mean, it is, but I think I'd have more success on LinkedIn. 
to leverage it from a business perspective. Yeah, but I'm comfortable yeah. over there on Facebook. That's where all my peeps are, and that's where I feel comfortable, and that's where I log on first thing of the day. I get out of bed, and I check my Facebook. It's just what I'm used to from a habitual perspective. But mm. you should go wherever your audience is and figure like out what that. platform that is and go there. Okay, another question I know I'm going to get from a lot of podcasters. Should you charge for access to your community? I would say no, not at first. Eventually, you're probably going to want to build into a paper model. But first, you just want to build it. You just want to build a community. And trying to charge right out of the gate when people don't understand what the value is of even being in the community, you're going to have a very difficult time getting anything going there. So I would build my community. I would get it to a certain level, whatever level that may be. Don't necessarily know, depending on the niche that you're in. Certain niches aren't going to have as large a community as another niche. Really, depending on what you're talking about, what your podcast is about, and what you're what you're looking to achieve is going to determine that that size. But I, I wouldn't charge right out of the gate. No, I'd build the community first and then introduce a paid model with extended value propositions for that pay gate. I like it. Okay. Okay. Last one. When it comes to building a community, is there a specific number where you can say, okay, I've built a community. I have something here. Like at what point when you're building your communities, do you look at the number of members of active members and say, wow, we've got some traction here is really moving. Like when do you know, okay, I'm on the path to success. I think it's when you have the engagement. I don't put a number to it. I think if we put a number to it, we set these unrealistic expectations and we eventually set ourselves up for failure. Because if we don't meet those numbers in X amount of time, we go, oh, I'm failing. My community's not working. So look at it from a different perspective and look at it from, are people engaging? Are people communicating? Are people supporting? Are people uplifting? Are people showing up? If I do a live stream, are people showing up to yeah. engage in that live stream? One of the things that was so hard for me back in the day was, when you go live on Facebook, you can see in the top left-hand corner how many people are watching the stream. And yeah. there were times I'd look up there that was zero. Yeah. It was one. <laughs> it was two. It'll but bother you time, when you get started. It'll bother you. It'll dude, bother it, you. It sucks. Zero. It's terrible. It's the worst. So what I ended up doing was there's an event every November called Napod Pomo, which is National Podcast Posting Month. And it's a real event. They have a website, the whole nine yards. And all you do is you commit to going to doing a podcast every day for the month of November. So I decided to up my game a little bit and I decided to go live every day for the month of mm. November, go live on Facebook. And there was a couple of things I was trying to get over here. I was trying to get over that stupid number of that top, top left-hand corner. And I was also trying to get over the fact that I know that even though I have a studio here that I've built out in my house, I know that right on the other side of that wall right there, it's where my wife sits and watches TV. So I know she can hear me through the wall and I just know that she's in there laughing her backside off at that dork in the other room talking to his <laughs> camera. So that always bothered me. So I did this to overcome both of those things, that stupid number and my loving wife making fun of me. So I ended up going live every month for the, or every day for the month of November. And not only that, not only did I see my engagement increase, but I started seeing that number grow. And I did it for the month of November. Then I did it for December and January and February and March. And I think I did it through March or April of the next year before I got too busy to continually do it every day. And this was a few years ago, actually. This is probably three years ago. And even today, my wife still goes, dude, why are you not? Because I used to call it 10 minutes in. Because my goal was just to do 10 minutes live on Facebook. So That's I was like going to get my perfect amount of time, in. too. That's a perfect yeah, it, amount of time. Yeah. That's all I wanted. I wanted to get 10 minutes in to overcome that fear of that number and that fear of my wife and they're making fun of me. 
So I, she still asked me, why aren't you doing 10 minutes in anymore? Because you've got so much engagement. You built such a following. You had such a community revolving around those 10 minutes in episodes. Why did you stop doing it? Why don't you start doing it again? So I think that's an amazing exercise to implement right there. And I think that goes to gauge you. Your question was, how do you know when you have a community? What number is it? I don't think there's a number. I think it's an engagement. I think it's a feel. Know when the community's engaging. Know when showing up. When it doesn't show up and they show up every day. That's when you know you've got a community. When you start missing people and you start recognizing people and they start recognizing you and they start bringing people in. That's when you start seeing that you have a real community there. It could be 50 people. It could be 100 people. It could be 10,000 people. But until you have that sense of community, the numbers don't mean anything. Oh, man. I've been thinking about doing that. I've done that something like that before, but I would do it from my car in the morning. And it was kind of like the same thing. No name or anything. I would just go live. And it's crazy how like after three or four days of doing it, you get so comfortable. Like it feels yeah. normal at that point. I was thinking about doing it for the Pod Central launch. So I'm like, I should do that. And I'm probably going to do it now just because it's only 10 minutes. 10 minutes is such a short amount of time. Yeah. Compared to an hour speaking on stage, 10 minutes of sitting and talking in the comfort of your house is nothing. Like It's super yeah. easy. And I had a deck of cards. It was, they were affirmation cards. I had a guest on my podcast and he had this, it's called a sweet ass deck of affirmations. And I don't know, it's probably this thick. There's probably 40, 50 cards in there. And each day I would pull out one of those affirmations and I would read it. We'd talk about it for 10 minutes. And there were days that it would go 14 minutes, 16 minutes. I'd get on a roll and I'd get to going. But that was my talking point. I just pulled a card out of the deck and that was our talking point for the day. And you can do that. Our friend Travis Brown, he's got these uh, pod, decks. pod decks. He's got pod decks. Same thing. If you want something to talk about, grab you a pod deck. And it's just a deck of cards with topics and questions. Same thing. But you can use all these kind of tools to, to promote that type of exercise for yourself. Yeah, I love it, man. I love your community strategies, your ideas and methods, man. This was such a great conversation. Helped me a lot personally. I know it's going to help a lot of the podcasters listening. So I'm going to put you in a podcast alumni program so they can see you and access all your content and all that stuff and find you. But let the people know where they should reach out to you first. Where should they get started? I had said before that Facebook is where I hang out, but Instagram is usually where I communicate and I drive traffic to my Instagram. So head over there, the Larry Roberts and follow me on Instagram, hit me up in the DMS and we can chat. All right, man. Sounds good. Thank you for being here on the show, being such a great guest. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the opportunity. Love talking to you and hopefully your audience gets some value out of this, man.